Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we wrap up our player grades by going over the defense and the goaltending. Did Mort Siders bounce back along with Jake Wollman? Weren't him enough to get a good grade? And is Jake Wollman himself legit? You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Now, Scotty, before we get into the player grades, and we're going to have to go faster this episode as we don't want to make this a four-parter, um, but we do have to lead off with talking about the fact that Philip Zidina has been activated off of the IR and has been sent down to Grand Rapids for a conditioning stint. But when he returns, I believe... So right now, they don't have to make a roster move because Jonathan Berggren's down there. But I'm assuming they want to call Jonathan Berggren back when this team is ready. You, they'll have to make a roster move and send somebody down. I think if you brought back Zadina at the expense of Berggren, this fan base would, would riot. start a war. Yes. <laughs> um, also, Verona, four goals in five games, I think, right now for him. He's yeah, man. Up, so he might be eater. getting close. So some roster decisions are going to be made soon, but that is not the conversation today. Today, we're going to finish up our player grades. Do you want, are you cool with, like, if we announced, oh, Monday's a mailbag for people to, like, just leave questions in the comments of this episode? Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to do that at the end of the episode either way. Um, okay, there cool. will be, Well, we there, can do both, yeah. Gonna so be Monday YouTube. will be a mailbag, so you have all weekend. But yeah. if you want – we'll do a t plenty of tweets about it, too. You can reply to the tweets on Twitter, but – um, if you're watching on YouTube and it's easier just to comment in that, you can just do it that way. I'll make a Facebook post. I'll make a YouTube post. Um, yeah, we all Twitter, Instagram post. So there'll be plenty of places. Obviously, we'll just we have to pick and choose the best ones. We won't be able to get to every single one, but there will be a the mailbag on Monday. Of the best, the best of the best. So make sure your questions don't suck. All right, <laughs> let's go, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't uh, think we've ever gotten an awful question. We wow. need to go. Anyways, we're like, anyways. We <laughs> yeah, we're like, we'll, 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 go, we'll go fast here. Uh, Moritz Sider, your reigning rookie of the year. Uh, offensively, he's taking a little bit of a dip, not that far off of his pace ever since switching a partners from Ben Chirot to Jake Wollman. And since switching from Ben Chirot to Jake Wollman, his play has gone so much better. He's playing so much better. In fact, he's got one of the best uh, defensive was it wins above replacement or goals above replacement down from the athletic poet made a post a couple weeks ago. I believe it was. I think it was more, um, yeah. Yeah. So he, he still defensively is playing really well, especially after switching and being post Ben Chirot. Scotty grades on Moritz Sider. Where would you rank him? I think this is a really easy B. Uh, he's been, he, he never really dipped below where everybody was like panicking about him. So uh, he, he never got to like the, some deep depths of like disappointment or anything like that. Like he, he just didn't take another giant step forward. And I think a lot of people were kind of expecting that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, especially as you said there, since being paired with Wallman seems to kind of have bounced back and looks really solid. I'd, 
I think this is a, a pretty easy B. He hasn't taken the giant leap forward that we're kind of waiting for. You know, he had a great rookie year. Or there was all this hype, and we're waiting for, like, the second, you know, big leap forward, and, and he hasn't necessarily hit that. But that doesn't mean it's a bad season, and that doesn't mean that he's not the most talented player on this hockey team still. So I, I'll, I'll take a B. Yeah, right now his uh, current point total is not that this matters for defense as much, but he does have a little bit of an offensive game to him. He's got 24 points, three goals, 21 assists, and 48. Last year he had 50 points in 82 games played, so a little bit down from last year's uh, points per game total. He's at half a point per game exactly right now, where last year he was at .61 by the end of the season. But that's fine. In fact, a lot of metrics were predicting him take a little bit of a slide uh, in offensive production and hit for him. The expectation was just continue to develop. And I think this game, this has been a developmental season for him. And he seems to like Raymond have overcome a little bit of that uh, slump. So yeah. I'm comfortable. I think I might go a little bit of a B minus because there was that, that, that before part with Ben Chirot, but you have to recognize also Ben Chirot's role in that. We'll get uh, to that yeah. But ever since uh, he switched with Jake Wallman, he's been great, which speaking of Jake Wallman, I'm going B minus you're going B. I think I gave, I gave Raymond a C plus or a B minus too. So I'm staying pretty consistent there. Jake Wallman, he's got to be one of the most exciting players right now. Since coming back from injury, he, in 32 games played, he's only got eight points. So it's not like he's his offensive explosion is that crazy. But he seems to be able to do a little bit of everything. He's got the speed, he's got the hands, he's got the hockey IQ on the blue line, and he meshes really well with anyone he was with, climbing through the ranks to being a top pair defenseman on this team. Uh, where do you rank this top pair defenseman? This is an A minus for me, and I feel good about it too. I think this is one, especially if you are taking into consideration preseason expectations. This is one of the biggest victory laps of this entire roster, like pretty comfortably. Uh, he has blown past anybody's expectations of what people thought they were going to get out of him this season. Uh, he's a top pairing defenseman. And while on a really good hockey team, is he a top pairing defenseman? No, but on this hockey team, he deserves to be a top pairing defenseman. And uh, anytime you get top line, top pairing, top six, whatever minutes from somebody that you never expected to get that kind of production from, uh, you're going to take it and be really happy about it. So yeah, I, I, again, like especially really heavily weighing like preseason kind of what we thought Jake Wallman was and what we expected out of him this year. Uh, I think this is a, a real, I'm really comfortable with like an a minus here. I would go as far as just saying he's a flat out a, because like you yeah. said, we're, we're basing these grades on what that individual player's expectation is. Like you said, we were thinking bottom pair defenseman. You know, we didn't get to see a lot of him last year. We did see the flashes, but it wasn't doing much production-wise. You know, he's had goals at big moments, including an overtime winner. He's had breakaway goals against Toronto. So, I mean, five. he's got five goals already in 32 games, which is pretty good, pretty dang good production yeah. from a defenseman. And he's claimed, climbed his way to that top-pairing role and has phenomenal um chemistry with cider so and, for yeah me, just indirectly too just how much he's helped cider get back to and, you know the, the cider that we're used to as well i mean that's that's not entirely wallman like obviously that's a lot of cider too but uh i, I mean we saw what the previous pairing was you know yeah. did for cider so and I, for I think wallman, this is a, a really easy a minus for me and i'm totally chill with an a too yeah deserved 
and previous to cider too. Like it's not just the a cider effect. When he played with Heronic, when he climbed up to that second pairing, they yeah. played really well together as well. And I was nervous about that because I knew they were both similar style, but they meshed well. Like Wolman seems to be able to mesh with different styles fairly easily. So yeah. I've been really liking that a lot. Let's get to one more defenseman here before we get to a break. Cause again, we got a lot of guys to get through. Let's go with a little bit of an easier guy to grade as he is, you know, Gustav Lindstrom. He's got 21 games played so far this season. Uh, not a good season. Uh, he had 13 points in 63 games played last year. Uh, this year, he's got just two assists in 21 games. And again, that's not the objective with defensemen, but it is for context important to note. He's got a Corsi 4 percentage this year, Scotty, of 44.78% and an expected goals 4 percentage of 37.95. He's had a pretty significant step back and I was hoping for more out of this RFA and he's ended up being a, ha a healthy scratch in a handful of them. For me, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable giving him like a D D plus with how he's playing. I was hoping for more. Yeah. I, I was going to give him a D plus. That was uh, my grading for him. I, I think that it's, uh, I don't know how much of a, like, I don't think I could turn around and just be like, oh, he hasn't been good. This is an F. Like, I don't know if we really expected too much more, too much more than what he has given us, but we definitely did expect a little bit more as you said. And yeah, I mean, he's been healthy at a lot of games. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, RFA that the odds of, of maintaining that team control in the offseason are, are looking slimmer and slimmer as the season goes along so yeah there's not a not not the type of year that he he wanted i'm sure and not the no. year that we expected either even you if mean, it is in I, I thought coming into the year if he was taking a step forward he could become like uh, a everyday i never thought he had a high ceiling but an everyday bottom pair defenseman and that's yeah. still valuable like you still need those guys yeah, and he sure. just can't find his way in the lineup as they've signed new guys to contracts from free agency that are out competing him. And he's much younger than the guys they signed, like Olimata and Ben Sherratt. And I mean, you can make an argument on Ben Sherratt, and we might later, but Gustav Lindstrom in his own right hasn't looked all that great. Um, so when we come back, we'll continue this conversation and uh, talk about Philip Peronik, Ben Sherratt, Jordan Osterley, Eliamata, and all the goaltenders. Uh, not all in the second segment, but throughout the rest of the episode. So stay tuned. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We're continuing our conversation slash breakdown uh, grading system of the first half of the season on players. We're wrapping it up on today's episode. Scotty, you want to talk about Philip Heronic really quick? Um, yes. 
33 points in 48 games played. This is a guy you could actually look towards a little bit of offensive production for because that's his style of game. So, you know, we give these numbers just for, like I said, the sake of context. They don't always apply. But with Philip Peronic, they do apply a little bit. And 38 points in 48 games played, seven goals, 26 assists. That's He's legit on pace. for a second pairing defenseman, man. That's really legit production. He is on pace for a career best in points, and that is a great thing. He has a .69 points per game right now, which is nice, by the way. Uh, so he he's really finally had his breakout year, so to speak. And I still can't believe he's going to be an RFA at the end of this contract, but that's neither here nor there. What kind of grade are you going to give Phil Peronic? This one's tough um, because the production has obviously been great and he's taken huge strides forward. But in the same breath, I can already see myself giving like all, <laughs> this entire defensive core like – b's and b pluses and yet the defense for this team is awful and so like it just makes me feel weird but um i you know offensively we have seen the the peaks of philip philip Heronic, and we've seen that you know off what he can do offensively and how much production he can give uh in the same breath as i mean wallman at times uh, you know him and Heronic are kind of similar in the sense of you know you you might get some offense, but uh, there's a lot of defense, especially we talk about all the time, kind of right in front of the net there. That is, I, I guess, to be desired would be the way I, uh, to put it. I still am probably going to give him a B or a B plus. Like it's just been <laughs> such a, a a good offensive season. I guess I'll go with a B. Like it's just been such a good offensive season still. But I mean, admittedly, like I, I don't want to be the guy the guy that for as much as I've complained about the defense all year, turn around and give every defenseman a B or higher. No, I mean, so far I've given a guy, I gave Sider a B minus Woolman an A because he was such a surprise. And then I gave Lindstrom a, a D plus, yeah. uh, not too, not too far off though from one another. I, I think that he in Heronic is the last guy that's going to get probably a really glowing grade. And it's not even that glowing because my expectation for him this season was to take a step forward. The amount of a step forward he's taken is what's been the surprise. For sure. So I would probably give him, you know, I'd probably give him a B as well. That's not like to say he's had a glowing, you know, an A would be like so exceeded expectations, but he has to a degree. Um, but the defensive game still needs a little bit of work. It is better, but it still needs a little bit of work. But I Agreed. mean, he's, he's also right now dealing with the Ben Sherratt factor, who is, I think the next defenseman we should talk about sure. and probably will get the worst grade on the defense in my opinion, but I'll, I'll let you take this one away first, man. Oh, that's great. Um, <laughs> aren't I so nice? I always give you the top. I, I think I've gone first every time today. Uh, but it's, you know, Sherratt, we talked about in the off season, how, when we brought him on, we tried to not even trying, you know, I'm not trying to make it sound like the second he signed a paper, we were like, oh, we got to figure out how to make this positive. This is awful. Like we genuinely were maybe naively, but like we were looking in a, a positive light of, you know, yeah. if he's on a pairing with cider, like he can kind of have a physical, not protection per se, but kind of a physical touch. And that top pairing can be really big and, and physical and fast. And, uh, you know, he just, Every pairing he's been on, the person he is paired with, their production has plummeted. And, like, 
That was a lot of P words there. But it, it's it's just – it's been really rough to watch. Uh, and and I, I don't think he's been like a traffic cone out there. I don't think he's been like the worst defender in the entire NHL or anything. But, I, I mean, it ha- – what? You're right. He's not a traffic cones because traffic cones don't chase you down out of their own position to <laughs> okay. play ahead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, we'll get to that. I'm just saying it's, it's just, it's really discouraging when literally everyone you put him with, then like their production just falls off a cliff. And he has certainly been one of the, players that everyone is circling on the defensive side of of the puck for why the defense is struggling so much i think this is a pretty easy do it oh man i don't know if i i'm not gonna do it but i'll give him i'll give him a d minus so i have the balls to do it i'm gonna give him an f um And the reason I am going to give him an F where earlier I tried to, I initially gave Bertuzzi an F and then changed it because he hadn't had a lot of games and he'd come off injury several times. Ben Sherrod doesn't have that luxury. And, you know, he is quickly becoming the scapegoat. And I hate when players become the scapegoat because even if they do have good games, players will, people will say they suck. It's we are so comfortable. Like just him. Like yeah. the reason that the defense has been awful is like, like you can rank him one if you wanted to rank whose fault, quote unquote, it is. But it's at like the whole defensive yeah, unit has been brutal. Yeah, but he has been. I mean, we talk, we joke about the Ben Chirot factor, but literally, you're paying him top pair money. You're paying him four million dollars a year. At least that's top pair money on this team, as I, yep. that makes him the highest paid defenseman. Right. So, and he's going to be here for four years, and I believe he's already on the wrong side of thirty. So you want him to, at least on the beginnings of this contract, play like a top pair defenseman, but he's not, he didn't, he and Sider looked bad together because of those things. And we did, we did try to stay optimistic when they signed him and give it the benefit of the doubt, but he's lost the benefit of the doubt at this point. And it is incredibly frustrating to watch where now he slid down in the second pairing role and he's with Hronik and now Hronik's metrics are taking a massive hit because now he's paired with Sherratt and it's just not working. So it's like, so this guy used to have for constantly out of position and, and leaving taking bad your, penalties. Well, yes, there, there, that's all been a thing his entire career. And I, I guess this is that's at least lately take. really no different, but it's just, it's constantly drawing everyone out of position and leaving your like pairing mate. I just out to dry on an Island, like consistently yeah. for shifts at a time. And I think you do need a Ben Chirot type on your team, but for four million dollars, I don't think that's he's living up to that. that right. That if type he was payment, if he was getting paid half of his salary, then I, I think he would have been a third pairing guy and like been healthy sometimes. You know, a month and a half we, ago, but we had we this. We can't really do that. We had this conversation when they signed him. Like, what is it that the league sees in Ben Chirot that he's worth a first round right. draft pick and a deal, or he's worth four million dollars in free agency? And he does bring things to the team, but it's just not the type of thing that plays well with a defensive partner. He he genuinely, I, I genuinely have this gut feeling that maybe he's playing second pair defense because of the fact that he's making $4 million. Because right now he's playing in my eyes, and I'm not that's a professional. A yeah, I'm, an, a, I'm an armchair GM. He's playing like a third pair defenseman. And I think that given what the expectation was, he's not living up to any of it in any facet. And he has good games here and there. And he does have give and take games where like, the style of play he has does draw penalties that favor us. That does definitely happen, but you can't 
be that can't be your style of play and play 25 minutes. It just doesn't mesh. So I I'm comfortable giving him an F, and I don't like doing that because I recognize these people are human too. But I, I he's just not playing that well in my opinion nope, yeah. to earn not a failing grade. I'm like the yeah, <laughs> I am the the closest to an F without being an F you can be. I'm not. And like, I I'm, get that. I'm crazy far off with it from. I him. mean, he's the worst player on the defense, and this is a guy who's played 810 minutes of ice time um, at even strength for the Detroit Red Wings this season. He leads the team in even strength ice time this season, but he has the worst Corsi four, worst expected goals four percentage of the defenseman, not counting Robert Hay because he's only had 13 games played, so we're not grading him. Right. I mean, it's just, and I, I also understand that having that much ice time will also consequently lead on a bad team to having a lower Corsi four percentage. But, you know, there's also the fact that he's attributing to that as well. It's, it's a right. snake eating its own tail and Ouroboros. So I, I don't know. Rant over. We got to move on. Uh, when we come back, we'll finish up this conversation. We got two more defensemen to knock out real quick. And then we got all of our goalies. And we will talk about Heilberg and we will talk about Indelkovic, despite them each having less than 10 games played. But that's because goalies play all 60 minutes of a game. So there's a little bit more of a, a track record than you would believe there. But that's when we come back to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, let's knock out these next two defensemen quickly here. Let's lead off with Jordan Osterle, the second year of his two-year deal. Uh, 34 games played, four points. Doesn't matter. That's not his style of game. Uh, you know what? Osterle hasn't actually – I don't know. He's one of those guys who you don't really recognize. At least I don't really notice him out there, and that's not always a bad thing. Like when you're a defenseman, if I don't notice you're out there, that means you're not doing – Especially a for a third job. pairing defenseman. Yeah, I mean he's playing a third. He's playing that third pairing role, and he's a healthy scratch too. He's another guy that rotates in and out of the lineup. When it comes to expectations, like I don't know, man. I I, I don't think he's necessarily not living up to expectations because expectations is the seventh D man, and he has been the seventh D man at times, the sixth D man with him and Gustav Lindstrom uh, exchanging ice time. So it's, I think he has been about where you expect him to be, maybe a little bit less. So maybe a C minus, but maybe a D plus. It's tough. I mean, this is what the expectation for him. Yeah, I was going to go C minus. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think that he's been about what we expect. And like, I mean, there's really not much else to say besides what you said there when when you mentioned like we expected him to be a seventh D man and that's what he's been. So like, yeah. yeah. So uh, then we can move on to Oli Mata, who this is a guy who's a little bit, got a little bit of story to him. So he's got 15 points in 44 games played. And again, with him, he's a defensive defenseman, and that's what you signed him to be. But uh, he is also on pace for a career high in points. If he hasn't already hit it, he may have. No, his career high was 29 points, and he hit that twice. So I don't think he's on pace for that any longer. But for a while there, he was tearing it up at the start of the season. It was wild. Um, but he... Uh, was great at the start of the season with Phil Pronick. They made a fantastic pair. Now he's playing bottom pair minutes. And, you know, I think his play has definitely slipped a little bit. And, you know, as a guy who you would expect to be your defensive stalwart, this team playing as poor defense as it is, you know, I'm not afraid to necessarily give him a lower grade than I was hoping to, because originally at the start, if you were if a quarter of the way into the season, I would have given him like a B. But since then, it's just not been the same. It's tough. It's a really tough conversation given where he plays in the lineup as well. He also plays a lot of PK minutes. Yep. 
Uh, at even strength, he's got a positive Corsi res- rel- relative to his teammates as well. I, I'm going back and forth between like a wide range right now because it's been so hot and cold with him. I'm going to go. I got to go C. I got to give him solid C because I can't decide whether or not to go positive right or negative. So he's the most neutral I can give him is just a C. Yeah, honestly, that that's kind of where like anticlimactic, but that's kind of where my head was at too. We we've seen some flashes of really good, and especially with him, a lot of it has come down to like who he's paired with. I mean, we mm-hmm. we've talked about that a lot earlier on in the season, right? So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with about the same thing. I like- think that. Uh, when the pairings are in his favor, he has had some games and some stretches that were really good, like you mentioned at the start of the season, but um, definitely has not really felt the same in a little over a month now, honestly. Yeah. I mean, Corsi 4, he's positive by 2.51 relative, but relative on expected four goals 4 percentage, he's like a negative 0.17. So yeah. there's a quality versus quantity shot attempts given up there. That's a question, but he does play a ton of penalty kill, which is going to you know lead to his plus minus. Well, actually, that doesn't lead to his plus minus, but it's going to lead to the fact that he played so many minutes, but has bad metrics because he's always on the penalty kill. I don't know. It's tough. It, it is a tough one. I'm comfortable with giving him just a solid C. I think he overall taking the whole body of work is meeting expectations, but it's been just like the whole team, you know, with the exception of cider and Raymond who heated up in the second half of the first half or the second quarter of the season, second quarter, there you go. The second quarter, like everyone, for, like most other players, the second quarter of the season, he's cooled off and it's been a little bit tougher to watch. So I just dead see. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Let's move on to our goalies. Now, Vili Huso, starting goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings coming in. You're thinking tandem, right? Just him and Nedeljkovic would be a straight tandem. Maybe one would get one A and one would get one B, but straight. He's number one right now in Detroit. He's got a save percentage of 9.02 or 0.902, depending on how you like your save. Over 900, baby. Just by a smidge. His goals saved above expected are negative 0.186, and he is the same. The first quarter of the season, he was one of the best goaltenders in the league. Um, But the second quarter, he's had a rougher stretch. Now, he has gotten better in the last five games. His numbers are looking way better in the last five games, and you hope he can carry that across the All-Star break. But when you're grading Billy Huso, the expectation was... What, what do you give him when you think about the expectation? Because what was the expectation? Yeah, I uh, I feel really good about a B-plus here. Um, I think that he has certainly exceeded most people's expectations. And honestly, with how – we'll get to Ned in a second, but I, I think that with the expectations of the goalie tandem, like everyone knew Huso was a baller. Like everyone yeah. knew he was good. It was just we expected more from the second half of the goalie tandem, and we haven't gotten that at all. So I, I think that it, it's not, you know, he's got a 900. Like, it's not like he he is going out there and you're like, oh, my goodness. You know, we thought we had a, a, a 1A or a 1B, and instead we have like a like a Vesna. You know what I mean? But, it, but he definitely has stepped up and has taken the position because – no one else has really been, I mean, for a while there, no one else was even serviceable outside of him in that. Uh, and he's done really well, and he's playing behind a really brutal defensive product. And so, yeah, I, I feel really good about a B-plus here. I, he has certainly been been solid. He has exceeded expectations uh, for sure. 
and it is definitely like his net, even if it's not a hundred percent necessarily because he blew everyone out of the water. It's just kind of like he's had to be, but he hasn't lost a step by having to be either. So, so I'm, I'm a little bit off the same track as you. I'm not necessarily, I'm our grades are close, but my reasoning is a little bit different. I I'm going to give him uh, honestly, probably about a B instead of a B plus, which doesn't sound that much worse, but my reasoning is different for this, a grade su super similar. And the reason being is because being nice um, with him, the expectation coming in was split that be the tandem, right? Well, he earned that number one spot and Alex and earned getting sent down to Grand Rapids. Let's be honest. And he was playing out of his mind. But then his play took a turn for the worse. And yes, we can blame the rest of the team all we want, but he obviously, everyone's a contributing factor to how this team is playing. And he, on his play, took a slide back. And at that point, he was the starter because they didn't have a choice, not because he had earned it. They didn't have a backup goaltender. They didn't have anyone they could trust. So they had to keep throwing him out there despite he was having a, a little bit of a bad stretch. So, you know, the first quarter of the season, he'd have been a solid A. But the second quarter of the season, he struggled for a big chunk of that, and his grade kept coming down, 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 and then now he's playing a little bit better, so he's back to B for me. So I think given the expectation, I mean, we can't overlook the fact that his goal saved above expected is negative. I mean, that's that says about him and the uh, opportunities he's been given, he hasn't been saving every shot. So I think B is almost a couldn't be maybe a little bit generous, but I just because we're such uh, defenders of goalies, I think a B is fair. But I recognize yeah, I mean, looking at the full body of work, he's also been hot and cold. Right. And and I yeah, we, I mean, we don't have to kind of keep going in circles and repeating ourselves. I, I, I just I love that, he, though. He <laughs> I just think to be at the all star break with an over 900 save percentage with this defense in front of you is a, a job well done. So, I mean, if you want to drag it down, like I, I'm fine with a B. I'm not. Again, yeah, it's not that, that far off of what you said. I, right. Like, I, I, I think that he has – and I also don't think that stretch where he was just in net because we kind of, like, didn't have any other options. I, I don't think that that lasted, like, too terribly long, and I still blame the <laughs> defense that he's behind significantly more than, like, him. But regardless, it, it doesn't really matter. I, yes. I, we're in the same ballpark. and uh, Our I, reasonings I, don't matter when our grades are almost the same. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> I mean, there was a, we said it a lot. Like, there was a legitimate argument, you know, in December that he was, like, arguably the most valuable player on the entire team and, like, the only reason mm -hmm. that we and were he was. even had as good of a record as we did. Right. And then he went on a stretch of, like, 10 games where his save percentage was, like, 8-6. So – uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with it. Don't I mean I yeah, hundred percent. Now let's move on to the other goalie on the roster with an above nine hundred save percentage in Magnus Helberg. Now I it's almost one of those things where you don't quite realize how consistent he's been. He had a couple stinkers as well, but in eight games played, he's got a nine nine oh one save percentage and a goal saved above expected of 0.83. So in games he's played, he's actually overall played pretty good. And with exp it's tough to nail the expectation for him because the expectation for him was to come in and hold the fort because we didn't have a backup because Nedeljkovic yeah, wasn't stop playing. Stop the like, bleeding. Like, stop the bleeding. And he's done that, and he's earned the backup role after just going all around the NHL this season. 
I mean, with Naduk or uh, Helberg, I think he deserves a, probably like a B as well, <laughs> to be honest, if not higher. I mean, yeah, for a guy I, I with zero say, expectations. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I was going to say like a, like a B minus. I, I think that he has certainly filled a role that the team desperately needed. I, I still, I mean, it's what, like it's eight games. Yeah. That's the only like reason that, I haven't right? given him a higher oh. number. Right. I mean, agreed. So it's, it's, it's definitely, it's eight games with a couple of, of rough ones in there. But I mean, as a whole, he has definitely done that. He has stopped the bleeding a little bit for uh, how rough the goalie situation there was for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, respect heck of a heck of a career arc in general. Mm. And this season is, is no different. So I think he's uh, had like nine career starts. The, the best pads in the NHL. I think he's had like nine career starts and he was drafted in like 2014. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's been all over the the world, but yeah, anyways, no, he, was in, he was in Russia like a year and a half ago. Last guy we got to talk about is Alex Nedeljkovic. He's currently in Grand Rapids, but he had, he didn't make, he did play in nine games this season. Uh, save percentage of eight, eight, three goal saved above expected of negative 10.21 after a rough second half of last year. We were hoping he'd bounce back with on paper what seemed like a better team. And, you know, actually point percentage wise, they are a better team. Just don't look at their. It's amazing how when you when we talk about the defense, like least we forget this is still a better defensive product Which, than the second half of last season can be crazy to think about. Just like it's crazy. nuts that we are we're like hanging our head and we're like, man, this defense sucks. It is like like objectively. Like in all facets, better than the post All Star break defense of last season. But better does not mean good, and that's Correct. the case here. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Alex Nedeljkovic, I think F man. I think he's another easy F in my opinion. You were expecting at the very least him to have a little bit of a better. Like the expectation was for him to have a better year, and he's had a, a, a ton worse. I mean, yeah, to the I, point where he's lost an, an NHL roster spot. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, uh, unfortunately, it is a pr pretty easy F. But this was, I mean, do you remember we said going into opening night that we expected him to be the 1A to Huso's 1B? That was like a take that. on our show. That was, that was a real thing that we talked about. And it wasn't like, you guys are nuts, that's stupid. Like, that was like a, like a, like a relatively understood belief of like, this was going to be a, uh, heck of a tandem. This was, I mean, we talked about it being a, a really, really good goalie tandem and he just had a brutal season and did not even make it to the all-star break in this, this yeah. year. And well, I mean, didn't even like lost a roster spot before even the halfway mark in the season, nonetheless, any, at any point in the season, if so, you get to yeah. a point where you have to carry three goalies, I think that kind of says it all. Uh, Correct. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I I agree with you. I think this is like it's unfortunate. I love Ned, but like it's an unavoidable F. I don't think there's any other grade you can give it. He's he's like he was waived and cleared and cleared, which is <laughs> like, and as a guy who's going to be a pen, he's a pending UFA. Granted, he makes like three million dollars, which is a lot to pay for a backup. But I mean, he's a pending UFA. There's no team that wanted to take that salary. That's crazy. Yeah. So any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. We'll be back on Monday with a mailbag. I'll make a post on Friday. So, which is today, by the time you're listening to this on like all our platforms and you guys can respond in there. You can respond to comments of this episode. We'll pick the best ones. We'll answer them. Uh, so yeah, we'll do that. 
And then Tuesday, Red Wings play. So we'll have on uh, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday's episode will be a, a game preview. So going two episodes right. ahead. That's how planned out we are right now. We'll be back on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.